Welcome to Zero Knowledge, a podcast where we explore the latest in blockchain technology and the decentralized web. The show is hosted by me, Anna. And me, Frederick. In this episode, Anna heads to ETH Singapore to check out the latest hackathon in the ETH Global series and catch up with the hackers there. So this past week, I was in Singapore. I was emceeing the event, and I was also a judge. This event ran from Friday to Sunday. And on the Saturday, right in the middle of the hackathon, I had a chance to sit down with a bunch of the participants and find out what they were building or what they were excited about. So back in May, we did a similar podcast at ETH Buenos Aires. If you like this one, please do check out that one as well. So here is our ETH Singapore podcast. Do you want to just introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. My name is uh, Etienne. Where are you coming from, Etienne? Uh, I'm actually coming from Canada, but I've been living in Southeast Asia for around a year now. Uh, I've been flying between Bali, Malaysia, Thailand, Vietnam, and Singapore. Living the life. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What got you into blockchain? Uh, originally, it was trading cryptocurrencies, and from there, it slowly evolved into programming uh, on blockchain with Solidity and Ethereum. And uh, yeah, ever since then, I just uh, kind of fell in love with it. But uh, I also realized that trading was not for me when I made a bunch of money during the massive cryptocurrency boom in 2017 and then lost it all. <laughs> How do you like ETH Singapore? Uh, I think it's quite a cool event, very well organized. I like that there's a, a wide variety of speakers and support always available to you if you need it. And obviously, like there's a bunch of there's a bunch of people that you can reach out to, and there's a bunch of like other developers that you can connect with, all in one spot. And so it's it's pretty amazing how ETH Global is able to facilitate something like that. Yeah. Have you been to any other ETH Global events? I have not. This is my first one. What are you building? Yeah, so I'm building a platform for investors to realize financial returns on purchased securities such as stocks or bonds, etc., etc., in the form of a security token very quickly. So investors can receive returns, uh, say, every 30 seconds or every minute or even every hour every day instead of having to wait like three months, six months, a year until the company decides they want to give it to them. And also... This is sort of a preventative measure because since it's all in the blockchain, it's like it's all uh, it's all coming out at these certain intervals. And so it's it's more trustworthy in the sense that the company can pretty much decide if they want to give you your returns or not at some point in time. So how it works is the company issues a security token on the platform. Uh, investors and users can then go in and buy that token immediately within the first five minutes or whatever time amount specified, they'll start to see their returns coming in in real time. Uh, then the user is able to withdraw. And once they click withdraw, there'll be a small fee. So in essence, they can see their, they can see like the flow of their profits coming in and they can decide how many times they actually want to withdraw. So the more times they withdraw, the more it's going to cost them. And once they withdraw, what happens is, uh, 
they'll actually receive a stable coin in their wallet as payment on the mainnet Ethereum network. A uh, quick thing to note is that the actual calculation and distribution of dividends of payments are going to be done on the Loom network sidechain that we're going to be using. Uh, the purpose of this is because uh, doing such calculations and distributions on mainnet Ethereum would be quite expensive. And so we figured that this is a reasonable solution to tackle that problem. What currency do you pay out? Uh, we're going to pay out DAI, uh, which is a stable coin built on Ethereum. And what's the name of the project? The name of the project is DAI Now. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds really good. How is it coming along? It's coming along pretty well so far. We've run into a few different roadblocks, but we're making progress. Yep. Sweet. Well, listen, thank you so much for doing this interview. Thanks. And good luck. Yeah, thanks. Do you want to just introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Evan Van Ness. I have a weekly newsletter called Week in Ethereum. That is weekinethereum.com. <laughs> if you would like to subscribe, and I know you do. I once had a podcast as well. Maybe, maybe in the future. I am currently part of Consensus, and I do some work for the Ethereum Foundation on grants. That's my bio. What are you doing here at ETH Singapore? I am wandering around, talking to people, trying not to annoy hackers, but occasionally. Uh, I finished the newsletter this week, and since then, I'm a little, little jet-lagged because I stayed up all night to do it. But we were the hosts, you and I. Yeah, we were. Somebody dropped an F-bomb up there, and it wasn't me. Hey, <laughs> wait a second. I Actually, I went to try to go find that. I thought it was at the end. Was it at the beginning? It was when I was looking at the images. I thought they were super cool. They were, they were quite cool, yeah. <laughs> Singapore, is, Singapore has some cool things, yeah. I mean, I, I got to see a little bit of it just now. And yeah, it's, uh, some cool views on the water. Tall buildings, you can imagine. All right, I have another question. Is this your first ETH Global event? <laughs> Actually, let me reword that. How many ETH Global events have you been to? I have been to every ETH Global event, uh, all of them this year. I Actually, I didn't go to Waterloo last year. And I had serious FOMO. I remember I was like the the opening night there. It seemed like everybody I knew was was in in Canada, uh, freezing their butts off and like you know building it, it, cool it, things. Yeah, yeah, and then of course like a lot of cool stuff came out of that. And um, I think you know a lot of projects, not just projects, but I like a lot of decisions i've heard of that were made there that moved the space forward so yeah the ETH global events they're 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 definitely hackathons right the, the focus is building things but they also do sort of function as many many conferences so um just people have a chance to get together and meet and uh see each other face to face and collaborate and learn to use each other's tool sets and and whatnot so i know we're not so far into the hackathon but how does eth singapore compare to the other eth global events in your opinion yeah, it's tough to compare before you've seen the results of the of what, of what comes back. So uh, until then, I feel like I almost can only judge on on the venue. Like this venue is super cool, but like I said, it's it's distributed. So like there's there's no central point, which is 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 cool. All right, let's talk about more general stuff. Last year, BitConnect. <laughs> Wait, what was the most exciting thing 
that happened in 2018 in this space. It could be an event, could be a project, could be a, I don't know, a phenomenon. What do you think is one of the most exciting things that happened this year? Yeah, that's a hard question. So, you know, the, the price in 2018 has gone down a lot. And yet at the same time, if you look at what has been built, there is a lot of things that have been built. A lot more layers of the stack are, are more built out. And I don't know if that I could f- point to one thing. If I guess if I had to point to one thing, it would be what I consider to be like fundamental, which is the scalability spec uh, getting firmed up and implemented. But but even on the on the you know more application layer, the the tooling is better. The you know there's more options for developers and their frameworks. There's there's a lot more options, and 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 stuff is better built out. And I think we've even seen it over the course of the year. I think there's been sort of an upward trend in the results at at hackathons and submissions. Hmm. Well, Evan, thank you so much for this interview. You are welcome. Thank you for having me. Who are you and how did you get into this space? My name is Parth. I used to be working uh, at Goldman Sachs last year. And uh, it, it was uh, kind of boring. Like it wasn't completely boring. It had some elements which I enjoyed. Uh, a lot of them were related to markets and trading. So, uh, um, And we were not allowed to trade in financial instruments because of regulations. So the only assets I could actually trade were crypto assets. And that's how I got into the space. Uh, while trading crypto assets, I sort of started watching videos on YouTube and I got uh, hooked to uh, two speakers in particular, uh, Vitalik Buterin and Andreas Antonopoulos. And I, I sort of kept watching videos and kept watching videos and then I uh, uh, gradually felt like uh, if there is something such as programmable money, then why not program it? So, and then uh, I met my teammates. I mean, I knew them beforehand, but then we discovered that we have common interests and we sort of started building a governance protocol. And where are you from? Uh, I'm from uh, Pune in Maharashtra, India. Are you a dev? Uh, I'm a product lead. Uh, so I, I learned coding while working with these guys. Uh, I was not uh, mainly coding before that. Yeah. What? Tell me a little bit about this project that you're building. Uh, in the hackathon? Yeah, so our starting point is a Daiko platform. Uh, so uh, like we discussed yesterday, uh, the Daiko is an idea which was mostly abandoned for several reasons, one of them being a lack of audited contracts. Uh, I feel that the other uh, aspects would have to be lack of transparency in voting and uh, lack of a good user interface and lack of standardized code. So we sort of solved all these problems like in the last few months, but uh, uh, one a place where we got stuck is where assets are stuck in a smart contract and they cannot be withdrawn. And a lot of customers would say that, uh, uh, what if Ether crashes uh, 70%, I lose all my money and I cannot hedge it on a a centralized exchange because I cannot withdraw all my funds. So uh, we were very excited about uh, doing something with Kyber because uh, the way I understood Kyber, it would allow you to uh, trade assets without the assets leaving your wallet. But uh, uh, we live in India and there is almost no community over there. So we did not really have access to the kind of expertise that we have here right now today. So uh, when we saw it Singapore happening uh, and uh, the location was right next to NUS and we know that Loy goes to NUS. So uh, we felt like we should apply and maybe if we get in, then we will uh, probably build this because we will have access to the right people. So yeah, we got selected and that's what we are doing here. Cool. So this is this a 
DICO So uh, DICO is essentially uh, uh, Vitalik's idea on how to reform ICOs it was a self regulatory step um, and uh, I actually align with that vision that uh, once uh, an issuer has collected funds from contributors uh, the contributors should have some control over what happens with the funds specifically they should uh, have access to uh, uh, the right to uh, regulate the flow of cash which is called tap in this context um, they are allowed to increase the tap but not allowed to decrease the tap for security reasons and they also have control over when to um, vote for a refund so if there is a no confidence in the project then you can uh, vote to destroy the project and the funds come back whatever's left of the funds uh, yes whatever is left in proportion uh, a lot of the times what happens is uh, that is going to be much lesser than the value of your coins so yeah. you will not kill you are not incentivized to kill uh, so uh, the only projects that really will get killed are the projects which have completely abandoned it and then the price has fallen to like rock bottom and almost zero and then you can salvage whatever is left ah cool um tell me a little bit about what you think of this event eth singapore yeah, it's a uh, i mean i haven't been to these events before uh, but uh, uh day before yesterday i was at this pre event uh, talk and it was amazing so um i realized that these people are much more accessible and much more down to earth than i expected them to be so they're uh, less scary than they are on twitter uh i i don't use twitter actually okay. i mostly look at them on youtube um, but uh, yeah i mean i used to think of them as celebrities but uh, they are not <laughs> now they're uh, just regular people it, it was just mostly lack of access because uh, there is not much of a community uh, where we come from what was the most exciting moment of 2018 in blockchain it was well, it was not one moment it was uh, like a series of events when like all of these projects that got funded in 2017 and like there was a lot of hype and uh, like prices were skyrocketing but then when prices crashed a lot of these projects still kept going and uh, like uh, it it wasn't uh, an event that happened on one day but the fact that they kept on working and building stuff and like uh, no one here cares about prices like they have collected what they needed to collect and now they are doing what they wanted to do and i'm sure uh, markets will eventually recognize what they have done but uh, so uh, your question was what was iconic i think uh, the whole process the fact that uh, these people are committed to what they are doing is uh, is nice you've seen it sort of emerge as like more serious than just a flash in the pan uh, it was never a flash in the pan but um, when there were like so many projects in 2017 like before that there were like a few projects but uh, when smart contracts and icos became like easy and accessible to everyone the number of projects became too high and at that point of time i started being a little skeptical but uh, uh, i mean my expectations have been exceeded Amazing. So, what are you looking forward to next year? Uh, mainly, I'm looking forward to Ethereum being able to scale. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of other uh, blockchains that uh, hope to scale or claim to already be scaling, but uh, I think they compromise a lot of important aspects that uh, Ethereum addresses to begin with. So, I'm mainly hoping that Ethereum is able to scale and move away from proof of work and things like that. Yeah, but other than that, I'm hoping for emergence of more and more governance solutions uh, using the blockchain. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for this interview. Okay. Hey, so can you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Tomas Kolinko. What first got you started in the space? Well, I got involved in blockchain, originally Bitcoin in 2012. I built a few projects in the meantime. I think one of the first the centralized oracles uh, proof of concept system. I, I helped with the launch of of Noifand. Last year we tokenized 
uh, items, uh, like physical objects. And uh, right now, two months ago, I decided, oh, let's do something open source and let's make uh, the compiler that will actually work and deliver some cool results and, and that will be able to analyze contracts that are on the, on the blockchain. And I spent the last two months crunching this, uh, this, uh, this project and I'm back in the world talking to people about it and also seeing how it works and, and just having fun and, and being, yeah, just generally optimistic about the whole field. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Is this your first time in Singapore? Yes, and I love it. This is yeah, absolutely. I, you know, some with some some of the cities you go there and it's kind of oh you don't feel like at home exactly, and Singapore is one of those, those cities. I arrived yesterday, I, uh, the day before yesterday. I thought I wouldn't like it because of all the skyscrapers. I always see the pictures. It didn't seem that friendly, but then I arrived and immediately from the way of from the airport, it just fell in love with the with the place. It's so nice and Amazing. clean and spacious. Uh, I like it. Um, have you been to any of the previous ETH global events? Yes, uh, I've been to ETH uh, Denver, which is awesome, uh, and I highly re- recommend it. Awesome people doing that, and and quite large. I think it was fifteen hundred developers, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, then I've been to ETH Berlin right after Burning Man, so Ooh. a lot of people were there with their burner badges and, and, and on jet lag and hacking. And, and that's actually where the idea for the decompiler started. Uh, and right now I'm here in, in Singapore. So that's my third hackathon. And there were, I think, one or two smaller ones in the meantime that were not, not ETH global. So how do you find the event so far? So far, so good. <laughs> I like the atmosphere. I like the people. Tell me a little bit about the project that you're building here. I got together with Alexi, who, who is the founder of Bloxy. We were talking about using the decompiler API with, with their blockchain explorer. Just said, all right, you're going to ETH Singapore. I'm going to ETH Singapore. Let's try and do something together and, and learn from our own both technologies. So what we're doing here during the hackathon is a very simple thing that uses the API from the, from the decompiler. What the decompiler does is not only shows you the source codes, but also creates this functional representation of the code. So for any contract that is published, I have the access to like something that allows me to understand it deeply. And during the hackathon, what we're playing with is looking at that what's what's there and and seeing what kind of cool data we can we can get. So we, to be more concrete here, uh, what we're doing is for any contract, we will tell you what are the roles that are embedded in that contract. So what are the addresses, Ethereum addresses that are attached there? So some of the addresses are I don't know owner or admin that allow you to launch certain functions or change functionality. Some other addresses that are attached are perhaps withdrawal addresses or addresses of some other contracts that, that are called. And right now there is no easy way, or as far as I know, there is no simple tool to see all of that in, in one place. So that's where we're starting and just showing everything and showing you, for example, for this address, for the owner address, it can be changed by this other address and allow you to see all the, all the interactions between them. Uh, that's one part. And then once we analyze this, this won't be a part of the hackathon, but since the analysis is done, you can already imagine the whole graph of connections and some kind of a database that can be built on top of that. So that's roughly what we're playing here. Wow. So this is like a deep dive at like analysis yeah. of smart contracts. Would you compare this to something like chain analysis? They sort of do forensic investigation on blockchains. 
uh, it is in the same spirit, the analysis. Uh, the thing is, and I may be wrong here, perhaps I missed someone, most of the analysis tools usually focus on transactions. They look at the transactions that are on-chain. Very few of them, if, if almost none, don't look at the code and, and they don't look at how the contract actually operates, analyzing the code. So this was the effect of the work of these two months on, on the decompiler, analyzing the code and getting this f nice form that allow right now uh, some new kinds of analysis that very few projects tried before. And since the API is public, I hope that it will also encourage other people to do new, like absolutely brand new kinds of analysis that wasn't possible before. So the thing that, that we're doing here, this, all these effects, it's really like 200 lines of code using the APIs. But I think it may be perhaps something that no one has ever done before. At least I hope so. I, I like doing these kind of projects. But I guess if you're podcast is popular, someone will say, oh, no, I did that. He ignored me and, and so on. So I apologize to that person in advance. All right. Well, maybe so. If that person is out there, do get in touch with him. Let him know. Yes, already absolutely. Built. All right. I have some more questions, and this is a little bit more general, but what was the most exciting moment in blockchain this year, do you think? This year? Yeah. Or exciting moment or exciting phenomenon or what have you. Okay, in the spirit of that still, I would say the formal analysis, symbolic execution, this very like technical things, you can see that they're getting traction and tools like this one are appearing more and more often. And this is, I think this is what will be happening in the next year. We'll see a lot more of that and a lot of more cool analysis. So that's one thing. The second thing that is perhaps less technical, more about the community. It always has been this mobile community, but the amount of conferences, the amount of interactions between people, I think like it's not unsustainable because everyone is traveling so much. And so it will last perhaps half a year more or a year, but I'm quite sure we'll be talking about, oh, like, we're partying like it's 2018 or, or something like that. So we'll remember this year for many, many years to come. And, and the people that I got to meet this year and other people, the connections that were built, like this will be like at, at the basis, although the field is already a few years old, like this year may be at the basis of, of some amazing connections and amazing projects that, that will grow. You sort of touched on this a little bit, but going forward, what do you think next year has in store? Speaking from experience, I, I feel that it goes in these waves, the whole, the whole blockchain field. So there is usually some price changes and whatnot. New people come, come on board and then the projects get started and, and they take a little bit of time to mature and grow, right? And, and it kind of goes, goes in waves like once every year, once every two years. So I hope that some of the projects that were started in January of this year are just, you know, on this ICO craze. Most, most of them will fail in the meantime, but, but some of them will actually deliver, right? So Neufan, for example, is doing the equity token offerings in January, like the first, uh, I think like one of the first ones. Uh, so that's one of the things that will happen the next year. I really hope that there will be more community, uh, more talk about the users, which may sound weird because I've been talking about technology and strict technology for, for the last minutes, but I really hope that we'll see more and more projects that deal with customers. And my hope, I can talk about hopes only, is that we'll finally see security tokens because that's for me like this. They, they are long overdue and there are so many legal aspects there, but I really hope that the, like 2019 will be the year of, of the security tokens and the year of Linux on the desktop. That's every year. <laughs> Inside joke. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you so much for this interview. Thank you. Pleasure. 
do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Tina. I'm a tech entrepreneur from uh, Beijing, China. Uh, currently a digital nomad. Hi, my name is Joe. Um, I work in San Francisco as a product strategist, and I'm also really interested in UI UX um, and applying the skills to the blockchain space. So, what got you into blockchain in the first place? Well, back in 2013, I was on the side volunteering for a.、Um, NGO、uh, doing research on fintech, and so I start to experiment with crypto and the potential it can bring to people in terms of democratization of access and all that. What about you?、Um, I got interested in blockchain、um, maybe about like twenty eleven, twenty twelve. Honestly, at that time, like kind of like the imagery coming out of、um, places like Four Chan and like the dark web and all this stuff, and like blockchain was just kind of this crazy technology.、Um, and then as I kind of matured and time went on,、um, it connected a lot with things like social complexity and kind of interesting design and systems biology topics. I thought, is this your first time in Singapore? Yes, it is. Is this your first time in Asia? No. Okay. <laughs> What do you think of Singapore?、Uh, I've only been so it's been pretty brief. I stopped at a hostel before coming to this event、oh, yesterday.、Wow. Um, it's really, really awesome.、Um, I've spent a lot of time in India and in a little bit in Shanghai, China too.、Um, and Singapore to me is like a really, really interesting blend. It's really well controlled, but super clean. The architecture is really beautiful, but it doesn't have a lot of the grime that a place like Mumbai does, or a lot of like the street culture from what I've seen. So, but I love it so far. What about East Singapore? What do you make of the event? Well, East Singapore, coming from having come from East San Francisco and having accidentally entered East San Francisco, and then、uh, coming to、uh, East Singapore, very big contrast. First of all, comparing to East、um, San Francisco, you get a total different vibe about the character of the city. Just screams right at you at this venue, at this event. Everything's so organized and like proper and clean. Whereas in、uh, East San Francisco, you get the Like kind of a hippie vibe where everyone comes from everywhere in the world, and yeah, talking about okay when、uh, who is gonna come with us to DevCon. So that's kind of like total different vibes, and、um, compared to well the contrast to Eels San Francisco, which is very very different, was that it would be like LA versus San Francisco the styles,、um, and which is which. So、um, the ETH. Um, global hackathons are definitely San Francisco, and Eels is showy, loud, LA. <laughs> okay, interesting.、Um, so this is not so ETH Singapore is not your first ETH Global event. It's my second. How about you? Oh yeah, it's my second as well. We we met at ETH SF. Oh cool. So you guys have worked together before.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is our third hackathon together, actually. Nice. Now the big question: What are you guys building? So、um, we're building a decentralized issuance and trading platform for generalized mining derivatives. So what it does is that it gives millions of people the easy access to tap into the very concentrated and monopolistic mining industry, which has threatened the decentralized foundations, and that's why we're building it. And what's special about this? Dex, you would you may call it, or decentralized marketplace, is that 
because of the nature of these derivatives, tokenized derivatives on it, it's going to be a lot of long tail instruments. So we modified the Uniswap and Bancor model of deterministic liquidity. And we give the profit of the market maker back to the people in the sense that you can stake liquidity and earn money from it. Think about Kickstarter for liquidity. So that's what's special about this uh, project that we're building. It's called Hash Edge. So kind of a play on word for a hedge. And hash. <laughs> and hash. Where are you guys at? So it's been kind of, it's been a really fun process. So we have, um, one kind of a full stack developer and another person who's been helping a lot with the project management. Um, I'm, I'm more on the UI side and Tina's been doing a lot of the research and a lot of like the guidance and project management as well. So the UI UX is pretty much completely mocked out, like to an obsessive level. Um, but there's always this really funny thing that happens where, um, if the developer resources are constrained, like, um, it's hard to balance the smart contracts with, you know, just, executing the front end. So front end's all designed. We're just kind of waiting to connect it with the back end system. Have you seen or heard about any other projects that were exciting to you so far? There was a Raiden Network girl who was very interesting. She was telling me about the game that she was building on Raiden Network, which was awesome. Yep. And some, and chatted with some other, um, people. In general, we chatted with the sponsors because they were very helpful in terms of technology they're bringing to the table for the developers. What is the highlight for you for 2018? That's a really tough question for me because I've been, I guess, in close observation of this space for a while. And I think um, a lot of things that happened this year, um, it wasn't like for me, it wasn't there's, uh, there was one event that came up. It was more uh, the soul searching type of journey that I've had in terms of the quest of finding what is the right thing to do at this moment on blockchain. I actually completely feel very similarly. If anything, the Zero Knowledge podcast, which we're doing right now, yeah. is, an, is, is sort of a consequence of that search. So I very much feel similar. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And good luck. Thank you. We're <laughs> pumped. All right. Hey. How's it going? How's it going? Good. <laughs> Getting Just, late here. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start off. What's your name? Uh, my name is David Myhall. And what are you working on? So I am a freelance uh, Ethereum and blockchain developer. Um, I'm currently working for a company that's working on reward uh, programs on the blockchain. The company's called Aussie, O-C-C-I, and they're based in Paris. Oh, nice. Um, but I'm not based in Paris, so I've never met them, but working on some cool stuff with them online, setting up some side chains and, and relays and things like that. So, so what got you interested in this space? I, I know exactly like when I got into it, I was, um, you know, I've, I've been freelancing for a few years and was kind of looking for, you know, never really loved what I was working on. And, um, I was at a bar in Ukraine with some guy I just met who was in blockchain and we're having a couple of beers and just talking about different applications of blockchain and, and different problems that could be solved. And over the next couple of days, um, it just stuck in my head that I was like, that's really interesting. And why are you not doing that with your career? So I, I started learning, researching and, and, here I am working in blockchain Ethereum stuff. Have you been to other Ethereum hackathons? Yes, this is my second. Uh, my first one was ETH Berlin. Yeah, it was really fun there. Really, uh, really good energy. And it really like reaffirmed my, um, you know, my passion for this area to, you know, I've been mostly working kind of on my own, reading stuff online and to be 
in that atmosphere with all these people and so many cool projects and people working on new technologies and stuff really like got me so excited. I was telling people about it afterwards. It's like, I'm working in a really cool space. (laughs) So we're right now in Singapore. Mm -hmm. Is this your first time in Singapore? This is my first time in Singapore. How do you like ETH Singapore so far? ETH Singapore has been fun. It's a, it's a little bit smaller than ETH Berlin. Um, so there's definitely pros and cons to both. But what I think I've found at ETH Singapore, because it's a little smaller, it feels a little more intimate. Um, at ETH Berlin, I met so many different people. Um, and in ETH Singapore, I'm, the people I'm meeting, I'm, I'm seeing them over and over again. And I'm actually having more conversations and, and learning more about people. So that's, I think, been the difference between these two hackathons for me. And, and I've really enjoyed both. What do you think of the space here? It's cool. It's, it's interesting. I like those, um, the, the place we were sitting when we met those, like, they look like kind of coffee cups. It reminds me of like. <laughs> that you can sit in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like giant. As co- a group. Yeah. Like it's like a, with a table in the middle and chairs and stuff, but it reminds me of like the teacups at Walt Disney World, you totally. know, where you sit in kind of like that. <laughs> and it like just like overlooks the whole space. So, um, it's some unique, unique architecture here. So you're here at East Singapore. What are you building? What are you working on? So right on? now I'm working on a project for Quantstamp. The project I'm working on, it's it's a little more front-end oriented. Um, Quantstamp, and I've, I've kind of been following them on the side for, for uh, you know, I was going to say a few years, but it's like I haven't, I haven't been following anything in this space for a few years. But they're doing some really cool stuff in terms of auditing smart contracts and making sure they're secure. So what I'm working on is more making sure that those tools that they've built, which are, tend to be more kind of back-end and analytical tools um, and research-oriented, um, making sure it's really easy for contract developers to access those tools. So I'm building a new web UI that's going to um, allow you to pull some of your code from Etherscan um, or from other sources that are out there um, and just make it easy to to review existing audits and things like that. So um, it's not too uh, deep technical, but it's um, taking some of the tools that Quantstamp has already built and making sure that they're easy and accessible to all developers. What was the most exciting moment in blockchain for you in 2018? There's a strong chance it's it was ETH Berlin um, because, again, you know, I had been... That was kind of my first time being with other people in this space, you know, like to be um, to be around other people who are working on these projects and to to really take in that energy. And um, so that really stood out. And again, just after after kind of spending a, a lot of energy and time to get into this space, it really reaffirmed what I was doing. So um, I think that was the most exciting thing so far. And um, but I, th- I think I've got plenty more exciting uh, Ethereum moments ahead of me. And speaking of, what do you expect or hope for for the next year? One thing that excites me about this space is that it is so early and, um, you know, there's a whole um, there's a whole ecosystem that's yet to be built. We get to be the people that come in at the beginning and, and build that ecosystem. So those are the types of projects I'm hoping to work on. Cool. Well, thanks so much for the interview. Thanks for having me. Um, do you guys want to just introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Aiden. And what are you guys working on? We are working on changing level DB inside Ethereum JS client to Orbit DB so that we can store state on IPFS. Nice. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about your backgrounds and how you got into the space? Yeah. So um, we work at an Ethereum research and development shop based in Toronto. Um, and personally, I got involved in the space because I have really cool friends who exposed me to things that changed my life. And actually, it's this is not the first time you're on the Zero Knowledge podcast. You were actually at ETH Buenos Aires as well. Yeah, we were really privileged to travel to Buenos Aires to 
be a part of what was um, my favorite hackathon I've ever been to. Cool. And what about you? How did you get into the space? I first heard about Bitcoin like five years ago, I think. And then I was like a bit into that for a while. And then I heard about Ethereum like a year and a half ago, like almost a year ago, actually. I met Aiden at a hackathon in Toronto. He liked my project, so <laughs> yeah, now I work with him. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so we were sponsoring a hackathon at uh, the University of Toronto. Um, and Elizabeth and Chris, another one of our colleagues now, uh, won the hackathon. We really connected then uh, and realized, you know, how many cool things we could build together. Cool. Is this your first time in Singapore? Yes. Definitely. <laughs> is this your first time in Asia? It is. Yes. Same here. <laughs> so what do you think of Singapore? Um, I mean, personally, I find it extremely um overwhelming you know because it's uh there's so much going on but also there's so much going on that we're not talking about i think what about you what do you think of singapore um i've been very jet lagged the whole time <laughs> it's hot it's, it's very hot it's very <laughs> it's nice though it's very tropical unlike toronto but also it's very sweaty have you guys been to other eth global events yes we have I've been to ETH Buenos Aires, uh, ETH Berlin, and now ETH Singapore. Yeah, I was at uh, ETH Waterloo, ETH Denver, ETH Buenos Aires, <laughs> ETH Berlin, uh, ETH San Francisco, and now uh, ETH Singapore. Damn, so everything but India. Everything but India, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so you have, um, what is it, six out of the seven cards? <laughs> Are there seven? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. But uh, yeah, there were people from our team who, who were representing us there. Um, yeah, so we've been been really lucky as a team to get exposed to the global Ethereum community. And just, it's been amazing to quite literally meet people that are now some of my best friends. Nice. What do you think of ETH Singapore? It's nice. It's pretty fun. The organization has been amazing. The food, delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, the ETH Global team just every time just ups our standards of what we expect the hackathon to be. <laughs> Are we getting spoiled? I mean, I think we're, we're doing it how you're supposed to do it. Incentivizing people to build real things um, and giving them an incredible experience while they're doing it. All right. Now I want to hear a little bit about the project. What are you guys building? So right now with Ethereum, there's kind of this need to store state. The way we're doing it now is by doing it locally. What we're attempting to do is kind of create a proof of concept that shows that you can potentially sync a client on your computer or anywhere while storing that state in a distributed uh, file system like IPFS. Is that where it's going to be living? Yeah. So we're using something called OrbitDB, which allows you to create a database on top of IPFS. Nice. Yeah. So we're using um, Ethereum JS client right now to create the proof of concept because OrbitDB is also written in JavaScript. So it makes the most sense. And also Ethereum JS client is pretty new. So it's pretty easy to just like shift over the level DB to the OrbitDB. Well, I want to wish you luck with that project. Thank you. <laughs> Before we move on, I'm curious. So since you guys are veterans of the ETH Global Hackathon, can you share some other projects that you've worked on? Because I know, I think you guys are the, you've created some some long lasting projects. In Buenos Aires, we created 
um, D node, which is an incentivization layer for full nodes. Yeah, which we actually talked about in the last step. Yes. So, um, in ETH Berlin, we created the Gorley testnet. So, the Gorley testnet is the first um, cross-client proof authority testnet. So both both of these projects that we we worked on and, and a couple others, but these specifically immediately got kind of support from the community. Dnode, uh, which we're very thankful to have received a grant from the ECF for, and then Gorley, which when we were talking about it earlier today in our presentation, we had we had to thank over twenty five people. Wow. Um, so. You know, these are two projects that when we started it, you know, we expected really to start a conversation. Um, but instead, because of the nature of kind of open source um, technology, you know, it, it just kept on rolling um, and getting support from so many different and talented people. So what did you do at ETH Denver? Uh, at ETH Denver, we started working on WayPay, which is a React Native wallet app. Um, and for us, it was super important to try and build something that makes it really easy to contribute to. And we've been working on that ever since, and it should ship any day now. Um, nice. Yeah, so we're really proud to have uh, come to these events with the idea that we're here to, you know, create a POC for something that we intend to um, continue working on for years to come. Given that you were at all these hackathons and you've been really involved in the community, what's your highlight? for 2018 personally when i think of this year um i just can't stop thinking about how much collaboration there's been by so many different people um for example what's going on with the beacon chain development right now um and seeing teams from all over the world contributing to the future of ethereum whereas once upon a time these clients really started from kind of core members of the foundation and then people who are part of the foundation now um there are so many incredible teams like prismatic labs sigma prime status and just a bunch of different people that are making sure that serenity isn't just something that is kind of centralized with who is building it but it is really the community taking responsibility for the future of ethereum what about you? What's your highlight for 2018? I'd say one of my highlights is probably East Berlin. So winning and then getting disqualified was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So yeah, also just like like seeing everyone like come together and sort of just work on this project and sort of just like be friends instead of beefing each other. It's nice. Yeah. Thank you guys for this interview. Thank you. And good luck. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Why don't we start by just having you introduce yourself? Hi, um, my name is Wai Han. So um, I'm a blockchain engineer at Rate3Network. Um, basically, so, uh, we are a subsidiary of Rate as a company. So uh, basically, so, uh, it's a combination of uh, a tokenization and identity protocol, trying to bring the, the two together to try and solve uh, basically tokenization problems for businesses yeah and you're based here in singapore yeah we're based here in singapore uh, our whole team is actually based here in singapore can you tell me a little bit about um what's the developer scene like here in singapore i think it's growing i mean um it's definitely uh i, be, I work in the, the states um specifically the san francisco area uh for a year so um 
I think even now our our startup like so called uh, or meetups and things like that uh, is definitely not on par with the states and things like that. But it's definitely growing. We have do we do have like at least one big meetup per uh, whatever niche you want. You might want to know about the developers, right? Basically, JavaScript, Ethereum, data science. We do have at least one sizable amount of uh, people going on here. So I think. People here are more like, you know, just do work and uh, less of the hacky culture. So uh, it's definitely changing right now because uh, of the now uh, I think it's cool to be a developer nowadays. So people tend to attend more hackathons, attend more uh, meetups and things like that. So uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, a bit muted, but definitely uh, getting better and better over the years. Yeah. Would you say is is it coming out of the universities? Like, is there an increased interest in academia here? I think definitely because I think um, uh, from my knowledge I think uh, computer science uh, in general um, not saying that developers should only come from computer science disciplines but uh, I think the uptake or the intake for the for these courses in the, our three local universities here I think I've doubled they have to actually open more slots I think but now I think now people think it's very cool version with like things like Google wow. you know things like artificial intelligence and things like that. it's cool right when you see, think of it like, you know blockchain and things like that yeah so you think like it's just become a far more competitive academic space now? Yeah, it's definitely far more competitive, but uh, you get to work with the best. So yeah. yeah. Have you been to any other ETH Global events? Uh, no. Actually, this is my first ETH Global event. Is it your first hackathon? No, nah, it's definitely not my first hackathon. I've actually <laughs> been to like quite a few, but okay. uh, mostly, uh, mostly uh, general kind of software engineering kinds. Like, uh, I think this is my first blockchain kind of specific hackathon, uh, specifically Ethereum. I definitely heard of global hackathons before, especially the one recently at San Francisco is the biggest, right? Uh, it's, just, it's more like uh, it's quite inconvenient to travel to all these places because I think San Francisco is like 14 hours away from here. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'll pass, I think. Uh, maybe next time uh, when I, I work in the States again on, 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 on a more accessible Then you place. trick it out. Yeah. Trick or, or we, have, we have more hackathons around here. That would be great. Yeah. How do you find East Singapore? How do you like it? I'm surprised at the quality so far in terms of the venue and the food. As it's, I think it's on par with the, the ones I had in the States in oh, terms nice. of the, the quality and the degrees. Uh, I'm not sure about the projects. I'm impressed so far by the venue and the, the basic things provided. So tell me, what are you building? Okay, so we thought very long and hard on what we're going to build because we do have a lot of ideas, but uh, that's kind of restrained by time and so since this is our first blockchain hackathon we'll try something that not it's not exactly revolutionary but uh, at least it'll serve some kind of purpose in in general it allows a user to pay with erc20 tokens uh, without a need of any ether right to pay for gas so basically usually right um when you send uh, your erc20 tokens or your normal tokens on ethereum you need to have and the native asset, the Ether, to send along with it. Because for any transaction you send on the Ethereum network, you need Ether, right? So how we go around it is basically, instead of you sending a transaction, you will delegate someone else to send the transaction on your behalf and send the tokens to you. So in exchange or in reward for the person sending the tokens on your behalf, you will pay them some tokens. So in a sense, you do not need any uh, Ether, you just need tokens. So you might ask, uh, why would this be a useful tool? Actually, I had this problem on Thursday, actually, during the happy hour. The make a DAO, DAI people was trying to like, you know, get new people to sign up and pay a DAI, right? 
pretty simple. Sign up and pay a die. But I think, you know, they had to tell people that you have to pay either as guests. Like people, it's too, way too much for people. So through this method, um, you know, the, their accounts do not need to have any either. They just need to pay die. That's it. So basically die is a ERC20 token. So you just pay die and maybe make more, makes more sense in payments in general. I, I think, um, in shopping and things like that. And uh, when people have their own ether wallets and things like that, they might not necessarily grasp the idea of gas and then handle, you know, set their own levels and things like that. Maybe it's, it's simple to just, you know, pay through the stable coin tokens like DAI and let someone else pay the gas. So actually our project also is interesting in the sense that it incentivizes people to help people pay for the gas fees by, you know, you get something out of it. Basically, you you don't do it for free. Since it's die, right, you just you get back some die tokens back that is more than enough to cover for your gas. It's, so in a sense, uh, you know, you can earn money by just uh, helping people send it. So it's pretty great, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. And yeah. I want to wish you luck on that. Ah, cool. cool. <laughs> uh, I hope you win, but... Uh, <laughs> What are you, what are you looking forward to in 2019 in terms of the tech? I mean, I think the, I think the immediate thing is the Serenity release, right? I think everyone's been looking for it. I think it's been delayed for a bit too long. Um, so yeah, so I'm not sure whether I'll be disappointed by it when it comes out, but, um, let's hope for the best. I think, uh, it, it definitely, uh, introduce a lot of things that uh, people are hoping for that it's like a good step in the right direction in terms of uh, you know what we potentially can do with ethereum so basically like um you know scale, potential scaling challenges and things like that is as it's definitely start starting to get addressed so serenity is like the first step in the such thank you so much for doing this interview cool i kind of enjoyed this after a while yeah <laughs> and uh good luck to you yeah good luck to you as well So that concludes our ETH Singapore recordings. I hope you liked it. Um, I'll be sharing all of these projects in the show notes. And to our listeners, thanks for listening.